Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, what's up? I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, the host of The Bay. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts with an S. From KQED. I'm Devin Kadayama, and you're listening to The Bay, local news to keep you rooted. For the Indian diaspora here in the Bay, the sense that the pandemic is getting better has been overshadowed by the COVID-19 crisis in India. While things in the Bay Area are reopening, so many people are worried about friends and family thousands of miles away. The way I cope with it and a lot of my fellow volunteers cope with it is just by using our uh, very privileged position here in the Bay Area. Today, how Indians and Indian Americans are spending time and money to help save lives from afar. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. In the Bay Area, most of the people I've spoken with have gotten vaccines. They are like emerging from their houses, starting to meet people in person, walking around on a sunny spring day and like everything feels like it's opening up and the aquarium's going to be open soon and you can sit at the restaurant. But then in India, like people are dying outside of hospitals in large numbers. Lakshmi Sarah is a reporter for KQED. Almost everybody I've talked to from diaspora has also seen people die in India, both like from family members or friends. I did speak to one really good friend on the phone the other day who's in the Bay Area but has family in India, and she was just like, yeah, I'm just crying all the time. So there's definitely a large contrast. So we're seeing hundreds of thousands of new cases a day, thousands of deaths a day, and that's probably a huge undercount. 
So there are definitely a lot of different contributing factors. The federal government did not seem to be prepared. Definitely early on, the Modi government declared a victory on the pandemic, which was clearly far too early. That optimism running parallel with the Kumbh Mela religious festival, where huge crowds of pilgrims gathered on the river Ganges. There have been like elections in various states, so there have been large rallies. Meanwhile, a second, far more deadly wave of COVID-19 was burning its way across the country. Like there's not enough doctors, there's not enough oxygen. I mean, it's kind of overwhelming to think about all of the different layers and how everything impacts the next thing and how we're going to kind of get out of this situation. What would you say the mood is of Indian and Indian Americans in the Bay Area right now? I think there is definitely layers, even within the diaspora, like panic action and panic action and just like a deep a deep sense of sadness because they can't just hop on a plane and see their people who are passing away and not even attend funerals or any kind of like ceremonies. There are many people I know who, um, uh, you know, have, have suffered from COVID and, and, and a handful who have even passed away. Harish Ramadas is the Bay Area chapter president of a group called the Association for India's Development or AID. When there's um, a crisis situation like we're encountering right now, then we get a surge in volunteer numbers. What a lot of him and fellow volunteers are doing is channeling energy into sort of fundraising and raising attention and awareness for what's going on. So it sounds like he's a big part of what he's doing is raising money. What exactly is he raising money for? Aid has been really focusing on grassroots organizations in India. We've got up the order of um, 90 or so partners that we've supported. And, and these partners work in areas of social and environmental justice, healthcare, education, labor rights, um, you name it. And so what they do is they really partner with those on the ground um, who are doing that grassroots work. We work directly with the communities involved. We learn from them and the solutions that we help implement are all community driven as opposed to, um, you know, a sort of top down paternalistic colonial um, approach that a lot of nonprofits might take. They're focused on four different main areas in terms of the current COVID crisis. One is oxygen Um, Another is um, making sure information about the vaccine is out there and clear. Um, Another is ensuring people have the resources to stay home, providing food and other basic goods. And then the last one is um, supporting telehealth. So it sounds like there's a lot of financial support. I know KQED also reported on an effort here in the Bay Area to raise funds for transgender people in India. Are there other ways people in the diaspora are contributing? Yeah, definitely. So I talked with Zain Alam, who recently started Doctors in Diaspora with um, a a few other folks, um, and they're based in New York, but they have volunteers um, all over, anywhere. There's like a medical team, there's like a clinical director, there's a coder who's helping develop the the back end of the database, and there's a few people like myself who are the, the conveners and coordinators of the project. You sign up and then you're matched with somebody who needs to speak to a doctor um, within India, and, and it's a way to very directly kind of help someone. 
we are asking doctors to sign up who will be willing to just be somebody who has an empathetic ear and is able to witness uh, what a patient is going through what with, with, with folks in India who, who really need it. One of the things that's kind of super interesting about this project is that it was just launched last week. Um, so they're really kind of figuring out what is needed and how to support it. But thus far, they said that the, with some initial calls, they expected calls to be shorter, but they really realized that people needed more support. I think we originally estimated these calls would be maybe five to 10 minutes. They all end up being at least somewhere around 20 minutes. I mean, it could be anything from like when to turn the oxygen on or when to decide whether or not to go to a hospital or anything that you might call a doctor for. But all those doctors in India are busy dealing with kind of the extreme surge. The people who we, we spoke to in the first round are really just talking through their entire situation, top to bottom. And uh, that's, that's, you know, that's a difficult thing to, to, to know that like, hundreds of thousands of people do not have access to. I mean, it also seems just like a lot of a lot of work. I mean, these are, I'm guessing, volunteers, right? Yeah, volunteers. Um, and then right now they're asking for Indian doctors from different parts of India who might be able to help some of the more impacted regions. You talked about these two realities that Indians and Indian Americans are living through right now. And, and so many people seem to be doing things, trying to be active um, from here in the Bay Area. But why is the Indian diaspora in a good position to be providing this kind of help, especially in the Bay? I think um, a couple of people that I spoke with just spoke about the privilege of being uh, in the Bay Area. And Indian Americans as a whole have a higher median income compared to other Asian Americans here in the Bay. And many are working in tech and do have a higher income. So I think this overall means that many are in a position to assist financially as well. And Harish talks about this. I think this is a situation where we really have a moral obligation to just put in everything we've got to help the people of India and other parts of the world that um, are in similarly difficult situations. I definitely think Bay Area diaspora still have so many connections to India that it's both this feeling of wanting to contribute to support in some way what's happening and also this, this privilege and being in the pr privileged position to be able to. The way I cope with it and a lot of my fellow volunteers cope with it is just by, um, you know, volunteering our time as much as possible, fundraising as much as possible, um, you know, using our uh, very privileged position here in the Bay Area where we're, you know, relatively insulated from the impact of COVID. What can people do here in the U.S.? What are some of the best ways to help right now? So as as I spoke with um, advocates and people who are creating these GoFundMes or other opportunities to help, I think there are two very clear ways to help. And one is donating money to an organization you feel comfortable with, or, you know, there's a lot of different options. And we've outlined some um, through KQED. And then another one, if you are a doctor um, and you have time, then potentially get involved with 
doctors in diaspora or or donate time. The other thing is definitely around the patents for the vaccine. I mean, vaccines are a global issue and everybody says they care about what's happening in other parts of the world. But if we don't share the patent information, a lot of advocates are saying that we're not going to be able to get the world vaccinated and coronavirus and variants of coronavirus is going to continue to be a problem that affects everyone. I mean, it's, it seems like, at least in this moment, that it, that we're really in an emergency mode, right? And we just don't know how much people's loved ones in India's will be impacted in the, in the long term. Yeah, I would, I would definitely say it's, 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 we're in an emergency mode. I mean, the first story that I did when I was writing it, you know, one of the quotes was about every hour matters and how important getting oxygen to people is because they're literally dying if they don't have oxygen. One last question for you, Lakshmi. What was it like to talk to some of these volunteers in your reporting when you're also thinking about this issue yourself and you know people in India? It didn't surprise me that there was an energy and initiative, um, but I am impressed by the extent of the work that people have been doing. For me, individually, sometimes when I read a bunch of AP or NPR articles about what's happening in India, I'm totally overwhelmed. And then I'm also kind of like, okay, well, what do we, how do we, how do we do something? What do we do? And so to talk about other people who are really like thinking about solutions and supporting people on the ground and who are um, really channeling their um, exhaustion and fatigue and grief and all of those things into action definitely feels good. Lakshmi, thank you so much for speaking with us. Appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. Like Lakshmi said, the pandemic is a global issue. And what's happening in India and other places where the virus is surging does affect us. Not just because of potential variants, but because the Bay Area is a place where so many of us have ties to other countries. Which means that going back to normal isn't just when it's safe here. It's when the virus is under control all over the world. Thanks to Lakshmi Sarah, who reports for KQED. This episode was mixed, edited, and produced by Alan Montecilio and Erica Cruz Guevara. Shailen Martos is our production assistant. Issa Mendoza writes our Friday newsletter. The Bay is produced by your local public media station, KQED. I'm Devin Kadiyama. That's it from us to you. Talk to you next time. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get The Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hi there, I'm Randa Fattah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. 
Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. 